So there's people out there saying that Zegris should not even be a Calder finalist? Are you kidding me? And there are other people saying California doesn't, doesn't deserve AHL hockey. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you for real? Let's hit the music. You're Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline, which is where you can get all the latest props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, we're going to cut through all the crap. We're going to cut through the introductions. Let's just get right into it because I am pissed. I am livid for a plethora of reasons. Aside from that terrible 8 p.m. start time last night in Ontario, but I'm pissed. I'm unhinged. I keep reading all these comments that, oh, Trevor Zegers, he's a finalist. He's only a finalist because he's hot-dogging, because he shows off. The three finalists should be Michael Bunting, Lucas Raymond, and Mo Sider. Trevor Zegers, no, no, cut the crap. I know there's a lot of Red Wings fans out there saying, what about Lucas Raymond? Look, Lucas Raymond had a terrific season. Don't get me wrong. But in my mind, he was not, actually, no. I will take it back. He was one of the three best rookies this season because Michael Bunting is 26 years old. He shouldn't count as a rookie. Are you kidding me? But I guess under the rules of the law, Michael Bunting is still a rookie because he played just enough games below the threshold to still be considered a rookie. And what? He's a Coyotes legend? Yeah, he spent some time with the Phoenix Coyotes and spent plenty of time with the Tucson Roadrunners. So, yeah, I guess that makes him a rookie. What about Lucas Raymond? Lucas Raymond did fall off a little bit towards the end of the season, so I I could understand why he was not a finalist. Mo Sider, I could... I could go on about Mo Sider. I think he is terrific. I think he is also deserving of the Calder Trophy. To me, it is a two-team race. But because the hockey world revolves around the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're probably going to give us a Michael Bunting because, of course, they're going to give us a Michael Bunting because it's the NHL. The NHL favors Toronto. We're going to give them the primetime game on Saturday. And ha <laughs> ha what happened? They lost in a winner-take-all game seven at home. They lost for the fifth consecutive year on a series deciding game ha 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 yeah that happened again game seven this year game seven last year game five in the bubble game seven in 2019 game seven in 2018 they've lost 10 consecutive games where they could have clinched a series how do you like those salty t- uh, anyway but enough about michael bunting Mo Sider has a lot of similarities with Trevor Zegras, namely coaching. Let me explain. Jeff Blaschel, who just got released, quote unquote, uh, he's fired. He got fired by the Detroit Red Wings because he did come in at a bad time. Jeff came in when the Red Wings were clearly at the start of their rebuild. The only time that he coached the Red Wings to the playoffs was his first season. And that was already when guys were retiring or when guys were leaving or when contracts are up. I get that. The rest of the time has been a full-blown rebuild. And I think the execs in Detroit were hoping the rebuild would have been a little bit faster or there would have been a little bit more of a direction. I understand that. 
But Jeff, at least he did a decent job deploying Mo Sider when he needed to. I mean, there was a couple moments where Sider was maybe, maybe a little bit sheltered. Not that much, but maybe just a teensy bit sheltered. I mean, the time on ice was certainly there, especially towards the end of the season, which is why I think Mo Sider really came on strong towards the end and say, yeah, he's going to take this trophy and win it. And he was very effective with some of the defensive metrics. Actually, he had some of the best defensive metrics for all rookie defensemen. Sorry to Jamie Drysdale. Sorry to all the Jamie Drysdale fans. But Sider was deployed a little bit better on defense and was given more of a reason to succeed. Jamie Drysdale was thrown to the Wolves. Mo Sider was put in a better situation. And look at his stats. Look at his block shot totals. Look at his defensive metrics. Look at his time on ice. Yeah, he had a hundred. He averaged two blocks a game. And oh, they actually played all 82 games of Mo Sider. He didn't get benched a whole lot. He got benched maybe once, maybe just once the entire season. And that was it. He played every game. He was good almost every game. I mean, I could name a bunch of reasons why Cider should be the Calder winner. But I could name a plethora more reasons why Zegris should win the Calder. Let's start with the fact that Zegris really brought more eyes to the league in a league that frankly needs more attention. Look, it's no secret that the National Hockey League is the fourth, I guess the fourth child, so to speak, of the four major sports. Oh, everyone's favorite child is the NFL. Everybody loves the NFL. Oh, look at the NFL. Look how look how great the NFL is. Look at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's that's most people's favorite kid. All right, let's look at the NBA. Hey, the NBA, look at the play. Oh, wait, the playoffs yesterday sucked. Those two game sevens were awful. Yeah, and people still think the NBA playoffs are better than the NHL playoffs. Please, please don't don't get me started on that. Because I will, I will come unglued. But the NBA, for a lot of people, is the second favorite child. What about MLB? Well, MLB, for better or worse, is still the third favorite child because it's America's pastime. Oh, Rob Manfred is there? Oh, there's a lockout? Oh, they're trying to change all these rules? Yeah, maybe, maybe the NHL could supplant Major League Baseball by being third favorite. I know that's crazy of me to say, and that's probably not going to happen. But the NHL is the fourth-ranked major sport out of the four major sports leagues in this country. And it's probably always going to be like that unless Rob Manfred continues to pummel baseball into the ground. But regardless of that, we need eyes for the NHL. We need more fans. We could always welcome more fans. And Zegris brought those eyes to the league with his eye-popping plays. Where do I start with the plays? Let's talk about the Dishigan or the Alley-Oop or the, whatever you want to call it. The Flying Zegris, the Flying Z. That sweet pass to Sonny Milano brought a lot of eyes to the league. That was one of the most viewed plays on YouTube and across all socials this season. That was one of the most watched plays this season. Another one of the most watched plays this season was the lacrosse goal he had against the Montreal Canadiens. That one was freaking sweet. 
And then he went and did it again. He pulled off another lacrosse-style goal. He did it twice this season. Okay, how about the game-winning goal at home against the Washington Capitals, where he flung his stick into the crowd? Oh, wait, he got fined for that? You mean his buddy that threw a stick into the crowd? He didn't get fined? He didn't get any discipline? No, but Zegris does? Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. But Zegris, he had the swag. Okay, let's talk about another highlight. How about the All-Star game? How about him putting on the average Joe's jersey, getting blindfolded, and pulling off that ridiculous trick shot and putting it to the goal? Oh, and some guy from Vegas, because the All-Star game was in Vegas, he won the skills. Okay, whatever. Point being that Trevor Zegris is one of the most marketable players in the entire NHL as a rookie. As a rookie, he was that marketable. Ducks fans love Trevor Zegers, absolutely love him, and with good reason. And you mean to tell me that there are people out there saying that Zegers shouldn't be a finalist? What the hell? If you haven't been watching, maybe you have been watching hockey all this season, or maybe you're an East Coast biased person that goes to bed too early. Oh, wait, that shouldn't be an excuse because two of those plays I mentioned happened on the East Coast. They were East Coast games. They were definitely in your time frame of having to watch these games. Yeah, they happen on the East. So I don't know what the excuse is for some of these supposed experts and some of these supposed longtime fans saying that Z- No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Zegris deserves the Calder Trophy. If not for any other reason than for bringing more eyes into the league. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. Let me reset a little bit. Let's talk about Bet Online, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. And oh my God, who had five game sevens on their bracket? Who had both games yesterday going into overtime? Who had the Rangers in overtime? Who had the Flames in overtime? Who had that? Who had Tampa Bay? winning at Toronto, who had Edmonton winning against the Kings, and who had McDavid carrying the team on his back. Yeah, all those lines were there, and if you had bet on all those games, you could have made a pretty but nervous penny. So head over to Bet Online now on your mobile device or on your little laptop computer or your tablet or wherever. Once again, Bet Online is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're locked in with J.D. Hernandez, and I'm only slightly calmed down for now. For now. Wait until the last segment. Okay, so I mentioned Jeff Blagel, who is gone from the Detroit Red Wings. For those of you that missed it in the last week, he has been fired. He's been relieved of his duties, is the official word, from the Detroit Red Wings. So, hmm, imagine that. A head coach that's part of a rebuild, and instead of retaining him, the organization decides to go another direction because there are other better coaches out there. Gee, imagine that. Imagine if there wasn't a coach. Oh, oh wait, we can imagine that? Wait, we, we can? I guess we... we uh, fine, whatever. So the Red Wings did the smart move 
by moving on from Blaschel. But not the Ducks. Nope. They're keeping Dallas Eakins. And I, I'm, I don't know what the factor was for this, but, you know, some other news that Jeff Ward, who was the assistant for the Anaheim Ducks, he has left the Ducks for personal reasons. Yeah, that's all that the statement said, is that he has left the club due to personal reasons. Hmm. A lot of changes. Yeah. After the entire coaching staff in San Diego got the axe, now... Jeff Ward is gone just like that. Something's going on. There is lots of changes happening. And unfortunately for the Ducks now, they just lost one of their key architects for last season's Ducks. In particular, their power play. Hmm. Where am I going with this? Who was one of the young rookies that helped lead that power play hmm who is it oh it's trevor zegris it's trevor freaking zegris of course he helped lead the power play he actually got quite a few power play goals let's see how many power play goals um he got nine yeah nine or am i miscounting that three four five six seven eight nine yeah nine power play goals how many power play assists did he have he had eight He had 17 power play points. That's impressive. So out of the 61 points that he had this season, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, 17 of them were on the power play. And he was out there for a lot of the power play. And he helped the Ducks become one of the top teams on the power play. Remember when they were 5th ranked? Remember that? Let's look back. Yeah. Let's look back at a time when the Anaheim Ducks were top five in power play and penalty kill. Things were going good. The sun was shining. Birds are chirping. COVID is happening everywhere. But hey, at least the Ducks are in first place and they're top five in both power play and PK. They yielded one of the best special teams in the entire National Hockey League. Oh, what's that? They're not in first, but they're still in a playoff spot. That's okay. They're not going to fall off now, right? All-star break. Oh, and then everything fell apart. Yep, everything fell apart, including the power play. But let's think about those first 50 games where Jeff Ward was one of the main architects along with Mike Stuthers for the power play. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there that think that it's one man that leads an entire power play. Look, um, I got I got to break it to you guys. It is not just one guy who leads the power play. Now, each assistant coach deals more with one sector of their roster. They, they typically have the goalie coach, but then one assistant works more with the offense. One assistant works more with the defense. So that's how the duties are split. But as far as the power play, it is a group effort between Coach Eakins, Coach Stuthers, and Coach Ward. Now, we we kind of figured out as the season went along who helped lead more the direction of the power play. We kind of figured it out before the season. Actually, I would say right when the season began that it was Stuthers and Ward that really helped become an offensive just genius as far as the power play goes and even defensive genius for the penalty kill. So it was those two guys, Stutz and Wardy. 
And now Ward is gone. Ward is gone. Where does Z go from here? Now that Ward is gone. Where does the special teams go from here? It, it's going to be a tough transition. But back to Zegris. Zegris, one of the main reasons why he should, should win the Calder this season is because he put up these stats despite Dallas Eakins. He had 23 goals, 38 assists, 61 points. That's an Anaheim Ducks rookie record, and that is in spite of Coach Eakins. Let's look, let's go to the Wayback Machine, shall we? Let's look at uh, times when Trevor Zegris got benched. Oh, we're going to start with his very first game. Okay, his very first game in Arizona. He got benched. Let's look at his second game. He got benched again. Oh, is that too far back? Okay, let's look at this season. We can certainly do that. How about, um, how about the fact that he put out bad lineups on purpose? Yeah, there were a plethora of games where the Ducks were up by one or they were tied. And Zegris gets benched towards the end of the game. And you know what happened in a lot of those games? The Ducks lost the majority of those games. They blew the lead with Zegris on the bench. Oh, um, let's look at another example. How about um, December? Yeah, let's, let's go back a little bit, shall we? Let's go back to November 30th, December 1st. Yeah, there were two wins against the Kings and Vegas, especially that Vegas game. And he got benched despite having three assists on that game. There was one bad play. One bad play. And he got benched. Yep. (sighs) He got benched. And guess who was out there on the shutdown? Yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Oh, I, I can go on. How about in February? So how about the fact that Lundestrom gave up goals and Zegris had like one bad play and Zegris and Milano and Raquel got benched? Okay, let's go back to beginning of March, shall we? Let's do that. March 8th at Chicago. Yeah, that was a bad loss. That was a horrific loss to start their road trip. But yeah, Zegris got benched again right there. How about, oh, this one pissed off a lot of Ducks fans. A lot of Ducks fans. Remember the game against the Vancouver Canucks. Trevor Zegris had two quick goals. Two very quick goals. And what happened? Hmm. Um, what happened? Does anyone? Oh, that's right. He got benched. Yep. He got benched. On that game, even though, even though Trevor Zegris could have had a hat trick, he got benched pretty early on that game. And I remember that Ducks fans were pissed. They were pissed. Yes, granted, it was a blowout. It was a 5-1 to Ducks victory. I get that. But you mean to tell me that Trevor Zegris gets two power play goals, by the way, in the first 22 minutes... And then he gets benched for most of the rest of the game, especially that third period. Really? I mean, it wasn't quite, I mean, it was three to one, so it wasn't quite a blowout. And there were those two late goals, but you don't put Trevor Zegers out there at all. Wow. Wow. Benching him for the last 10 minutes of another game around that time. 
How about the fact that Trevor Zegers actually got healthy scratch this season? Yeah, remember when Zegers got healthy scratched that period? Uh, Let's also go back to February 22nd and February 19th against the Vancouver Canucks and the San Jose Sharks. Zegers was benched in the second period both times. Again. (sighs) And even in spite of all of that, Trevor Zegers still managed to get the rookie record in Ducks history for points. Yeah. You're telling me that he doesn't deserve it? Really? Yeah. He absolutely deserves it. Trevor Zegers only played in 75 games. He missed seven games. I mean, there was a couple to COVID and there was one a couple of injury, but there was still a couple where he got healthy scratched. That should not happen to your rising star. It shouldn't happen. All right. We're going to head into the second intermission and talk about something else that really just flew me off the edge. Yeah. But first, let's talk about Built Bar, which is everyone's favorite protein bar. And I have to thank the fine folks at Built for sending me some awesome white chocolate birthday cake Built Puffs. They are delicious. It's like eating a candy bar, but and it tastes like a candy bar, but it only has 150 calories and packed with 18 grams of protein and only 5 grams of sugar. That's pretty healthy, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. So if you want to try out this new flavor for yourself or check out my still favorite, the Churro Puff, then head over to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Okay, it's time to call out some fans that really hate the fact that we have AHL hockey in California. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm going to talk about that on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, on this manic Monday. So last night, I was working the Rain versus Colorado Eagles game, which turned out to be their last as the Rain got unceremoniously swept out of the playoffs. And funnily enough, I happened to be present at Friday's game at Bakersfield between the Stockton Heat and the Bakersfield Condors where the Condors also got swept in the second round. So we got a Pacific Division final between the Stockton Heat and the Colorado Eagles. Two teams that are towards the bottom of the AHL attendance figures. However, for one of those teams, that's on purpose. Colorado purposely plays in a small arena, a 5,000-seater, and pretty much every game is a sellout. So they do have a unique fan experience there. That's on purpose. Colorado also played a little bit dirty, but I will save that talk for another podcast for another day. I'll, I'll save you the trouble of that one for today. After last night's game and after Friday night's game, there was a bit of rumors going around. And this took place Friday at Stockton. And I will just say this, I mean, some of this I will say off the record, but I happened to be in Bakersfield on Friday. And I happened to bump into some people at the hotel 
that the Stockton Heat were staying in on Friday. I happened to stop by there. Actually, the reason I stopped by there is I had to use the bathroom and didn't want to wait inside the arena. But I happened to be there. And there was there was some murmurings going on. And there was some murmurings going on at the arena with some of the Stockton people up there. And that's why this story came out over the weekend. And this is props to Tony Androkidis, who is covering the AHL. He has a Patreon. He covers the AHL on Inside the AHL. He does a terrific job covering the American Hockey League. And he put out an article over the weekend that there was going to be realignment and relocation. I'm going to tweet this one verbatim. Quote, The smoke has been building for quite some time, and multiple sources have reached out to Inside AHL Hockey over the past few weeks, indicating the expectation is the Calgary Flames will be relocating their AHL affiliate from Stockton and moving it into Canada and into the Calgary area specifically for next season. End quote. So there are Board of Governors meetings happening as we speak. As we speak, there are meetings happening. And there's a lot of discussion taking place. Such as the Stockton Heat being no more after this season. Oh, by the way, best team in the league. They don't have home ice advantage in this coming round. What is up with that? Yeah, they're going to be talking about traveling. They're going to be talking about relocation for the Heat. And also realignment. Six years ago... The AHL created a new division, the AHL's Pacific Division. I take that back. Seven years ago. So it has now been seven seasons of the AHL Pacific Division. And suffice it to say, despite the Stockton Heat moving, for the most part, it has been a great success. For most people, they think, well, this is amazing. It's great that the AHL moved their teams closer to their affiliates. And this made it a lot better For both the AHL and the NHL, quality of play has gone up a little bit on the the NHL. Quality of play has gone up tremendously in the American Hockey League over the past seven seasons. And I know this because I also was present for a lot of AHL games in the East Coast out in Providence, out in Worcester, when they used to have the Worcester Sharks there. You see where I'm going with this. Quality of play was okay. It was fine. It was fine. You know. You have some of these guys traveling from San Jose to Worcester, a cross-country tour, and flights took about eight to nine hours because they were commercial flights. That's how it was. But here's how it is now. Most of their affiliates are closer. Let's look at the Pacific Division. The Anaheim Ducks and the San Diego Gulls. They're closer together. What would have happened during the pandemic if all the teams were cross-country? This would not have worked. We wouldn't have had bubble games with the goals in the rain. The goals playing at Five Point Arena in Irvine and the rain playing at TSC in El Segundo, California. Yours truly would not have been present for that. In fact, yours truly would not have been covering the AHL right now as we speak. And who knows what could have happened with lockdown? Like, who knows? Who knows what could have happened? But the AHL in general is working on both sides. So for the most part, it works out great, except for one fan. And this is where I get pissed off in a hurry, where there are fans out there. And there are fans out there, by the way. And I did retweet one of these 
that think that this didn't work. And you know what? I am going to call out this specific person on Twitter at Sooner Penguin responding to Tony's article saying, I'm shocked the great AHL California migration has lasted this long. It just seemed like too many teams in one spot from the go. Oh, really? Wait for it. So Candace thinks that the great California migration shouldn't have lasted this long. And it was too much, right? Tony then replied, well, Seattle's AHL team is beginning to play next season in California. So it'll essentially be one team moving out of California and another team beginning in California. Even swap. That makes perfect sense. Tony nailed it right on the head. Candace said, I forgot about that. Still an odd and somewhat dumb move back in 2015. Ooh, this is where I begin to lose it a little bit. A dumb move back in 2015? A dumb move bringing successful AHL hockey to California. Bakersfield. I was in Bakersfield Friday night. That crowd was rocking. It was almost 6,000, and they were loud fans, folks. They were loud, and they were into it. Sure, they got swept, but they were very much into it. Now, yes, Stockton is leaving. That's the one exception. Stockton has been towards the bottom of league attendance for the past three years. In fact, Stockton was in last recently. So that is the one exception. And there's a plethora of reasons behind that. Calgary didn't do enough to support their team. Stockton, they didn't do enough to promote their product. They didn't do enough in their community. Like, there's a ton of reasons why it just has not worked out in Stockton. And I feel bad for the workers up there, but that's irregardless. Then my buddy po- pointed this out. Please explain to us why the you-know-what, it was a quote-unquote dumb move for the AHL to relocate teams to the West Coast, primarily the California segment of the Pacific Division. Make it make sense to us all, please. Yeah, make it make sense, guys. Oh, how about the fact that, I don't know, except for Stockton, hockey out here in the West Coast has done well in the American Hockey League. Tucson's done pretty okay. We got a new team out in Henderson, the Silver Knights. They have a new arena. There's a new arena in Coachella Valley. There's a new arena in San Jose. Attendance will pick up in San Jose. So there's that. I mean, as he said, I've seen a lot of stupid takes in hockey, and this is definitely a very stupid take. And I'll just quote what he said. Imagine thanking the decision by the AHL to place teams on the West Coast to be close to their NHL parent teams is dumb. Yeah, the Ducks and the Gulls, they're close by. The Kings and the Rain, they're close by. The Barracuda and the Sharks, they're practically next door. The Silver Knights and the Golden Knights, they're right there. The Roadrunners and the Coyotes, they're right there for now. And my buddy also pointed out that both San Diego and Ontario have done very well in attendance since their respective relocations from Manchester and Norfolk in 2015. In fact, I have the stats right here in front of me. Right in front of me. Here we go. 2015, 2016, first season, San Diego was number one, sorry, number two in attendance, Ontario number four. The following season, San Diego third in attendance, Ontario sixth. 2017, 2018, season number three. 
San Diego led the league in attendance. Let me repeat that. The San Diego goals led the entire AHL in attendance. Ontario dropped to number eight. Then 2019, San Diego was number one. Ontario was number four. And that was peak fun hockey. In fact, if I remember correctly, oh yeah, that was the year the San Diego goals made the Western Conference final. Yeah, that fan base was rabid, and that was a very fun time to watch goals hockey. Then the pandemic shortened season. Goals ended up fifth, Ontario third. Then the pandemic happened. Neither team had a, a crowd. This season, San Diego still fourth, Ontario ninth, but they're still top ten. They've been top 10 in the league every single season. Every season, Ontario has been in top 10. Every season, San Diego has been top 5. So you're telling me that moving the team from Norfolk to San Diego is a bad idea? Hell no. Hell no, it wasn't a bad idea. You mean to tell me that... They are, as I mentioned, number two, number three, one, one, five, four. San Diego. They have one of the most incredible fan bases and one of the best experiences in all of minor league hockey. In fact, the San Diego Goals, they won awards for their great atmosphere for their home games. They won an award for having the most unique promotion, 80s night at Pachanga Arena. They know how to do it. The San Diego Goals do a terrific job down there, and you still have the gall to tell me that this is a dumb idea? Shame. Shame on you for thinking that it was one of the worst decisions the AHL made, and you revel in the fact that California is losing a team. Oh, but I'm I'm going to really... I, I don't mean to bully this Twitterer. However... This Twitterer happens to be from Oklahoma City. Candace, you're from Oklahoma City. I get that hockey just hasn't worked out over there. In fact, let's look at why they lost. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Oklahoma City Barons. Hmm. Now, who was their affiliate? Can you remind? Oh, that's right. They were the affiliate for Edmonton. Maybe this is a little bit bit of uh, bitter talk here that this particular Twitter user lost the Oklahoma City Barons to Bakersfield, a town that I just mentioned. So, Candace, maybe this is just you being bitter. You're bitter that you lost your team, who, by the way, was last place in attendance before moving. That's right, the Oklahoma City Barons were last in attendance. They were plagued with problems from the from almost the get-go. So you want to talk about hockey not working in California? How about hockey not working in Oklahoma? Hmm? Hmm? You want to talk about that? Yeah. So at Sooner Penguin, if you happen to be listening right now, this is where I call you out. So the best you can say is F you and just block people. That's the best you can do. Yay. That's the best you can do. Hockey totally works in California. NHL hockey works here in California. Look at the intense fan base 
that came out for all those Ducks playoff games last decade. Look at how crazy the fans got when they won the Cup. Look at all the fans that were at the Ponza parking lot when we had the rally at the pond. Look at all those fans that came out for the rally. You're, I mean, yours truly included in that. Yeah, I was there for that. It was a damn fun time. And you mean to tell me that hockey doesn't work out here? Are you for real? Are you kidding me? Yeah. All right. I'm throwing that away. I'm done talking about that. I'm done for today's podcast. <sighs> Hopefully this uploads on time. Hopefully we don't have any problems on megaphone today. And I'll just call this out. I mean, we've been having issues with megaphone, with, you know, Locked On in general has had audio issues over the past couple weeks. And it hasn't been on our end. It has been on their end. So hopefully this episode goes up on Monday like it should. If not, it'll go up on Tuesday. But we will have regular shows this week, and we will be back with a vengeance since hockey season for me is done. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. If you want to follow along, I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. I promise I'm not always this unhinged. You can follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It is free and available across all platforms, including Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, among others. Thank you all so much for listening. It is so appreciated. I'm going to go take a nap. For Locked on Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And Ducks fly together. Ducks fly together.